Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? I'm good, man. It's a sunny day in London town. We are recording this uh, a week in advance. Uh, so obviously the big news on everyone's lips here uh, is that uh, Boris Johnson is in intensive care, uh, hopefully just precautionary. Uh, but I think mm. it's important to set our stall out now that if we're uh, sort of saying, oh, no, nothing much has gone on uh, this week, uh, <laughs> you know, the Prime Minister's uh, situation may have deteriorated, he may well be uh, well on the road to recovery. So let's set our stall out that way, uh, Chris. Uh, but how Absolutely. are you, man? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, I do wish Boris Johnson the very best and hope he, his health recovers, regardless of what you think politically. You know, this is you have to brush politics aside at times like this. Well, well, well um, Twitter seems to be just a, a wash of people sort of going, if you're slugging off John, Boris Johnson at a time like this, I don't think anyone is, to be honest. There's nobody well, putting caveats in. They're, they're sort of, yeah. nobody's, no, literally nobody's mentioning his political record. Nobody. Uh, but the only people who are, are the ones who are saying, if you think that it's okay to, to have a go to manage an intensive care, it's a strange place. Don't go on Twitter. Leave Twitter. If we learn nothing from this crisis, just go off Twitter. It serves <laughs> nothing. Very true. WhatsApp serves nothing. Uh, crazy conspiracy theories serve nothing. Just, don't talk to anyone. <laughs> just listen to experts and just calm the f down. That's what I say. And listen to the, we the experts, podcast. Pete? We're the, we experts. the experts. We're Definitely. the Japan enthusiasts. We're the coolest guys. Get in. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I spend most of my time. If I look at all the time I spend on social media, I probably spend more time on Twitter than any other one. And mm. weirdly, you know, I don't like Twitter in many ways. I don't like how negative people could be on there. I don't like how much bots and horrible people. I get a lot of insults on there more than anywhere. Uh, but it is good right. sometimes. I did see a video last week that you uh, that you filmed from your window, from your apartment window of a guy on a bench. Mm-hmm. Would you like to explain that to the listeners oh, that yeah. haven't seen it was that a video? Guy, it was a guy who was like enjoying the late uh, afternoon sunshine, um, but the, the sunshine was kind of peeking over the top of the... Uh, of the theatre over the road, and he was trying to get a little bit of sunshine, I think, but the only way he could do it was by standing on a park bench, which is terribly rude. Standing on yeah. standing on somewhere that people sit every day, and this guy's just 
trample on, trampling all over it with his big old size tens. Disgraceful behaviour. I did not. You, you see such sights outside my window, Chris. Uh, I, I sort of feel like a sense of normalcy has uh, or normality has uh, has entered my life. Uh, because at the weekend it was quite sunny, so there were a few people. I'm going to say sunbathing uh, against government government advice uh, in the backyard, in the in the churchyard behind my house. Uh, and there was a woman who was consistently shouting the MF word uh, <laughs> by herself. Oh, uh, some woman who just enjoyed shouting it, and, and I thought that's my Soho. I don't, I don't recognise the Soho at the moment. I don't recognise the Soho uh, in which people, uh, there's nobody around. I can sleep for hours on end without being woken up by people screaming. Uh, I don't recognise this Soho, but, but I certainly recognised it on that day with the woman shouting MF on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. It must be pretty trippy, Soho being quiet. But yeah, I love mm. the video. You're just I couldn't work out if it was uh, in real time because you're just shouting at the guy, Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And he's like ignoring you, but he can kind of hear you. He sort of looks around as if he's going mental and he just goes back to standing on the bench. And I thought you'd like done a voiceover you'd recorded afterwards because it was all a bit surreal. No, I was just, uh, I was just in my just kitchen been shouting at a man. There's, there's, always, there's always somebody doing something a bit mad in the, in the churchyard. It's usually this guy who does mad kind of uh, karate by himself. What? Um, he, he's just kind of like go, stands in the churchyard and does like this mad kind of like, you know, like a sort of, um, sort of Falun Gong. Is it? What, what's the stuff that like you sometimes see? If, if you're ever in like Shanghai, you see like old ladies do in the, um, in the, uh, or in Hong Kong in, in the gardens or, or like just in like a bit of green, mm. green grass in the middle of like a, a motorway. You'll just sort of see these old <laughs> ladies kind of doing this kind of like yoga. Uh, he kind of does that, but then he'll throw in some mad karate moves in the middle of it. And I just wow. stand there. I just watched the guy. Uh, he's, he's very interesting. He's got a he's got a skullet, which is always enjoyable. Not that I'm oh, in wow. any kind of uh, I haven't got any room to talk with the state of my hair at the moment. Awful. And it's going to get worse now that you're indoors. But I think you I should uh, film the uh, aforementioned ninja karate dude in in the park. That'd be <laughs> I a cracking video. Cracking video indeed. <laughs> uh, speaking of videos, it's been a good week actually for the uh, Born in Japan channel. I did make a video called Things that I think it was called What I'll Never Understand About Japan. And in it, it's basically just a Q&A video, but it got 600,000 mm. views in like a day, which is really cool. obscenely good. Um, there was one segment that I think is the reason it did so well. Somebody asked, did I have a, a childhood character uh, who scared me, like a character from a film or something that scared me as a kid? And I said, oh, my God, I hate E.T. He's given me nothing but nightmares for the last 29 years. Uh, and in the comments, there's about five or 6,000 comments. And, like, I'd say 50 to 60% of them are just people going, yeah, me too. I hate E.T. Freak me out. Yeah. And that has driven the video to great acclaim and driven it on YouTube. Because, <laughs> obviously, YouTube detects if a video has had, like, above average likes or comments or watch time. Right. And so thanks to E.T., He's finally paid off. He's finally uh, oh. given me what I deserve, lots of, lots of views. So thank you, E.T. 29 years of nightmares are finally yeah. paid off with a video that's been watched by half a million people. Do you like oh, E.T.? Well, fair play. Um, do I, I don't remember ever being that into him. He was always kind of I, I mean, it's definitely before your time. It kind of feels like it was a little bit before my time as well. Even though I'm considerably older than older than you, um, yeah, ET. Yeah, I, I just sort of think it just sort of always reminds me of like Star Wars, which is kind of before my time. The original three, um, it, I just felt like I just wasn't part of it. There are so many cultural touchstones that um, everyone talks about from the '80s uh, that I have just have no great fondness for. 
Uh, whereas I think I, I was kind of like Moonwalker, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker and Ninja Turtles. That was my first kind of like foray into um, fancy. Yeah, yeah, sort of in indie, not indie, uh, cultural touchstones uh, when it comes to kids, kids TV. Uh, but yeah, ET never, never floated any of my boats. And, and the video game was terrible, wasn't it? The Atari one. Remember they, they made a load of them, killed Atari. Uh, they buried it in, it really? uh, in the desert in Nevada, I think. Is it in the desert? They basically uh, made too many of these ET video games and they buried uh, a pile of them in, uh, <laughs> in, in, in a field. And I think they dug them up. They were trying to locate this mound, this payload of old ET no games. Uh, and they dug them up last year, I think, or maybe the year before that, and uh, sold each and every one uh, on all dirty and soily. I don't know why. Just the curse a quirky of bit of video game history, yeah. But it, but it nearly, it nearly that video game nearly tanked the entire video game industry. Brilliant. I mean, mm. I used to have nightmares that it was in the back of my wardrobe. Um, I, as a kid, I just didn't like opening my wardrobe because I thought he was in there at the back <laughs> behind my crappy cheap clothes. Um, <laughs> he looks like a walking, talking piece of mud, and I, I just, I was always amazed that I like was the only one who seemed to be afraid of him. Um, mm. But now that I confessed it in the video, it seems that most people uh, seem to find him a little bit creepy as a kid. So I don't feel alone anymore in the <laughs> was universe. He, cause he, was, he was like, uh, he was to a certain extent utterly charmless because he looked like an old person. He had that kind of Yoda <laughs> vibe to him, didn't he? But he, he looked like an old person. Um, but with a really, it's the neck. It's the neck I couldn't handle. Just a big, heavy kind of oblongy head and a, and a, and a long neck. Yeah, and, and, and he did sort of, didn't he? He, he spent most of the time in the cupboard because that was the only place where he could be safe from the humans, the grown up yeah, humans. Yeah, I mean, anyway. I, don't, I don't remember the film that well because last time I watched it was about 25 mm. years ago. But I remember yeah. he turns up, he's a little bit lost. He stumbles into someone's house, he harasses a family and sort of says, <laughs> I need to get home now. Can I go home? I need to use the phone. And they're like, You're not using our phone, mate. And then eventually <laughs> a bicycle flies. He makes a bicycle fly, which is amazing, apparently. And then he goes home again. And it's all a bit surreal. Um, it's well, why, it's why very he, weird. Well, I mean, he, if he can make a bicycle fly, why does he need uh, the common or garden human telephone to phone home? Exactly. Just seems, seems a little antiquated, mate. Seems a little, seems a little bit fax machine in Japan in 2020, isn't it? It's a load <laughs> of nonsense. And did you know, because I found this out afterwards, that apparently E.T. originally, it was going to be a horror story, a horror film, like which to me oh, it was oh. anyway. But apparently it's going to be a straight up horror film about an alien that just turns up at someone's house and starts pointing around and being a muppet anyway <laughs> we didn't come in to discuss et well we, we did, didn't but there do, you go. Uh, if you uh if, if, if you're uh, a strong stomach do try and check out the porn of it <laughs> it's uh oh, it's God. something else oh my lord i don't want to think about that <laughs> no i you uh, really don't my next video i'm uh doing a video on crazy japanese english like uh I, loads of people love this video where i basically just reel off <laughs> funny things that I've seen. I bought a hat from um, the 100 yen store just yesterday. Uh, mm. It's a really small hat. Admittedly, it's for children. I've been trying to wear it. It doesn't fit. And on the front, it says, Are you excited? Let's adventure. Special every wow. day. Special thought, every yeah. day. Special nice. every day. Good. Uh, and I'm trying to put that on. doesn't fit, but I'll be wearing that in the video. So you've got that to look forward to in the next few days, ladies and gentlemen. And not only that, <laughs> but Pete, you'll be delighted to learn that there is now a Pete Donaldson soundboard on abroadinjapan.com. How do you feel about that? Pete Donaldson soundboard, I, 25 clips. I am not your plaything, Chris, but... You are uh, now. If I, would be, if, I, if I would be your plaything, Chris, I just like the fact that you've had to... <laughs> 
go through a load of old podcasts or get someone else to do it uh, and find uh, a load of clips of me saying stupid things. So uh, you're welcome, world, uh, for Chris Broad's excellent website, abroadjapan.com. Well, luckily, <laughs> someone else did it. A very nice uh, oh, viewer of the channel sent me a button Unbelievable. Uh, it's a push button with like a big red button. You press it and Pete Donaldson quotes just pop out. Um, I basically offloaded that into the system, onto the website, and oh, there you go. So if you want clever, Pete yes. Donaldson in your pocket, ladies and gentlemen, do check it out, abroadinjapan.com, to go to the soundboards, and he's below Natsuki Amirotaro. Um But I think you've got That's, more clips um, than anyone now, so well done. Well, well, I would say that that little button, um, when me, you, and Ryotaro went on a little trip to um, meet some seaweed farmers uh, just near Sendai, like you, do. Like you, um, yeah. you, you had it in your possession, in your employ, <laughs> And you would not stop pressing it. Now, I don't know. It was somebody from Germany who made it, isn't it? Um, and yep. they managed to clip. There must be 50 clips on there. There, there are so many sound clips of me <laughs> saying stupid things. And you pressed it, and there was a unique one every single time. I didn't hear the same clip twice. Incredible. Incredible bit of work. It's it's a lovely product as well. So I like... I, I need to find where these are. So it's just like a button that plays a random sound clip every single time. It's fantastic. It really is. Definitely. There you go, because it's got it there. It's wonderful. This, <laughs> this, I don't even know where some of these are from. See if you know where this one's from. Marmaduke. That one. Marmaduke. Not Where's a clue. that from? Marmaduke. Oh, is that the monkey? That was the monkey uh, hey. part, wasn't it? When we're in uh, Kyoto. There you go. What about, the, what about this one? Nanikore? Nanikore. Where's that from? Oh. Um, is that Osaka in the in the skate park, maybe? I uh, nope. I think that's when we were cycling on the first day around the lake and we found a windmill. Uh, randomly. Oh, Nanikore. Oh, I like, yeah. Well, I, I saw, um, I was watching WrestleMania. Uh, it's, it's kind of behind closed doors this year. I was watching a bit of WrestleMania. The first match was uh, a, a tag team. I don't know. I can't remember their name. Uh, but uh, one of the wrestlers is Asuka. Asuka. Uh, Asuka. the um, Asuka, um, the Japanese um, wrestler is very good, uh, but she's got a little YouTube channel. So you're not the only Japanese vlogger I've been watching uh, this week. I've watched a lot of her stuff, uh, and it's basically her in her backyard. <laughs> Asuka from WWE in her backyard uh, cooking uh, uh, good, honest uh, Japanese food, um, and she looks like she is uh, living in some kind of. Uh, military compound in Iraq. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's got such a weird house, and she's and 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 it reminds me of the Nanny Correa thing uh, at WrestleMania. She was uh, she was grabbing hold of a woman's um, hairband and going Nanny Correa, Nanny Correa. <laughs> she was loving it, uh, but but she she's well worth a watch on YouTube because just simply because she mosaics everything because the, the, the Japanese seem to have a real oh, um, interest in mosaic mosaicing everything, uh, every uh, person on the street, so you can't see who they are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, um, she does this wonderful bit of mosaicing uh, to obscure this uh, picture of it, this video of a dog walking down the street, um, ignoring, of course, the fact that this dog is right next to a window. So she mosaics the dog, but the reflection of the dog can clearly be seen in the window. Oh <laughs> they love God. a mosaic, the Japanese. They love it. Apparently, if you film in public, you've got to like mosaic or blur out everyone and everything, just because uh, a few years ago there was a lawsuit where some guy had appeared on a camera, it might have been on TV or something, in the background with a girl, um, and his wife saw it, 
because the girl he's with wasn't his wife. And right. I think she divorced him. And he was so angry about this that his private life had been exposed that he sued, I think, the TV company or the production company. And it kind of, it all came from that. Um, from right. Cheating. So, ah. Bloody cheating. Cheeky bastard. <laughs> thing is, somebody asked me a question. Uh, in the previous video I mentioned a minute ago, um, the one I did last week, one of the questions was, how common is cheating in Japan? Um, and I read a study that was about 36% or 40% of married guys have cheated on their partner. Uh, I think 25% of women uh, had cheated on their husband as well. And it is quite common in Japan. It's a it's a surreal thing. Um, one of the conclusions I came to in that was that I mean, I've, I've traveled the length and breadth of this country and it is, you know, I've spoken to guys and they're pretty open about the fact because marriage arrangements in Japan are very businesslike and clinical and tick boxy. Mm. There's not much romance. And so often people have that, you know, they, they cheat for that kind of romantic kind of exciting relationship on the side. But a lot of people go to uh, uh, hostess bars or these soapland places um, where you right. get like a massage and maybe more and they won't necessarily class that as cheating um so cheating levels are higher than you probably think in japan because most people don't see it as cheating because they see right, it as okay. like a service as a business right going into a soap plant or a, uh, a hostess club where you can often date women or you know have private meetings with them outside of hours so yeah very i don't even remember what, how this started we went from a wrestling woman <laughs> to that. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, pull it, pulling it back to modern life. I mean, uh, obviously, there's uh, obviously huge amounts of uh, um, wage relief uh, happening all around the world because obviously people can't work because of the lockdowns uh, in in different uh, countries. And I think uh, the Japanese sex workers or the sex industry as a whole, which is gargantuan. Uh, I was going to say, as you well know, but you know, as you well know, it, it is absolutely. absolutely huge. Not not on the times, obviously, Chris. Obviously, obviously, um, obviously. but uh, but obviously, no, no. but uh, yeah, there, there there is a there's a lot of sex workers just not receiving payments simply because they're not regarded as uh, legitimate work, uh, which is uh, terrible. In that, most of the politicians who are saying that it's not legitimate work will be exactly the sort of people who are frequenting the soap and places. I would say. Absolutely. And at this point, I feel it's important to say, damn. I'm going to try and slip it in my mouth. There you go. <laughs> that was that random. That's such a good one. It's random. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. I mean, while we're on the news, though, um, yeah, you, re- you clearly read that in the news, didn't you? About the sex work. No, I, 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 I thought about it myself. <laughs> Did you now? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that was an issue because um, the Japanese government is currently looking at ways to help uh, families, impoverished families or people that don't have enough money coming in due to the uh, drop in business, due to the economic environment. This week, they did announce in Japan, they declared a state of emergency in several regions like Tokyo and Osaka. Um, Although actually in Japan, just by declaring a state of emergency, the Japanese national government doesn't have much power. It can't tell people what not to do. It can't really you know, put down rules or instigate things where they have police on the streets telling people, don't do that. Go back home. Did it like we do in Europe and mm. America at the moment. Um, right. Japan can't do that. Um, and actually, the the railway, the good old Yamanote line, has seen a thirty percent drop in passengers uh, on the uh, on the Tokyo Yamanote line, the busiest, I mean, the, most the, popular rail line. That's the big green one that goes round and round and round. It's that circle line, isn't it? In Tokyo? <laughs> but like the thirty percent on uh, rush hour, thirty percent. That just makes it like a busy train <laughs> you know what i mean it's usually yeah, exactly. a packed train where nobody can you know 
everyone's obviously getting pushed on by the guards. Thirty uh, percent drop. You're not even going to notice that, to be honest. No, definitely not. And certainly where I live up in Tohoku, it's business as usual. Still, it's no. all a bit disappointing. I do feel where. Uh, mm. The Japanese government has handled this badly, like most people do here. Uh, it's been a very slipshod affair. Um, mm. and my, you know, a lot of my friends in Tokyo, they are isolating at the moment, but business does go on for a lot of people. Um, you know, there has, there has to be some level of sympathy, um, given that a lot of people, if they stop working, they don't make any money and they can't live. But yeah, yeah, it's not been handled well. And there was another news story this week that was so preposterous that uh it, to me to be honest it would kind of disappeared given the sheer number of stories going on at the moment that uh, are much more uh, horrific in magnitude but this one was quite surreal a woman was arrested for trespassing at the prime minister shinzo abe's private residence in tokyo uh she broke in she apparently some guys patrolling the prime minister's residence just saw this woman standing there this 26 year old woman with a bag and they found in her bag a hatchet a container with gasoline, some tear gas spray. And apparently when she was asked, you know, why are you here? What are you doing? She said, uh, I thought I'd be able to reset reset my life if I enter the Prime Minister's residence and I'm arrested, which is admittedly one of the most surreal reasons for breaking into the Prime Minister's house. Um, Difficult. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just just knock over a, a 7-Eleven. <laughs> just, Absolutely. Just steal apparently, some crisps. <laughs> Apparently, a uh, relationship with her parents aren't very good. I mean, she's only 26 years old, and mm. uh, I guess, you know, she must have been on an edge and thought that's the best way to, to reset her life, to, to quote her. Yeah. Um, bit surreal. Um, yeah. Didn't really get very far, though, luckily. Well, I mean, but she got go. in the residence, so, I mean, that's pretty far, isn't it? Or she, she was certainly on the ground. It's quite, it's quite impressive. Incredible. It's yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think I could get. I mean, I probably could now. He's in hospital, but I couldn't get anywhere <laughs> close to, to to Boris Johnson's uh, aboard. It's just not. It's not a. It's just not a thing. Like I just, I'm just struggling to say. Remember, didn't they um, ban drones near in, in Tokyo because somebody flew did, a drone yeah. into Shinzo Abe's uh, apartment or near it? Yeah, someone did fly a drone over the prime minister's residence. I think there might have been some sort of chemical or something attached to it. But after right. that, they had a crackdown on drones in Japan, um, flying them in yeah. kind of built-up areas, which is probably for the best, to be Weird. honest. Uh, especially, huh. I mean, I fly drones, and they are terrifying what you can do with them. Uh, not so that I do anything bad with them at all, <laughs> ever. Never would. Mosaic it, mate. <laughs> yeah, mosaic everything. I think the next time you're over in Japan, we should uh, – actually, no, I probably shouldn't say that – I was going. I was going to suggest flying into Shinzo Abe's house. Uh, no, no, that's ridiculous. I just think I was going to suggest on. some sort of break-in video with Pete Donaldson into someone, into somewhere. Yes, I could. Yeah, you could be like a kind of uh, historical um, uh, racist Fagan figure, and I can be Oliver Twist <laughs> sneaking in and stealing things. <laughs> historical racist Fagan. I like that. Yeah. Uh, good old Oliver yeah. Twist. Classic. Classic. Um, so, a mixture of views there. Some good, some bad. Um, what I will say, there is some good news for me personally, because okay. it's uh, so it's my thirtieth birthday in about two weeks now, um, which oh. is kind of scary and surreal. Obviously, you have been thirty for a while, <laughs> and do you <laughs> remember it? Do you remember the sensation of turning thirty? What was it like? Um, I remember my ex-girlfriend planned a lovely um, get together, uh, and friends Aww. that I didn't think uh, friends that I didn't think were invited just turned up, and it was really. It was really nice, actually. It was. I had a. I had a really, really good thirtieth, and I would say my thirtieth, my thirties, have been my favourite decade thus far. So, uh, for anyone turning thirty like Chris, 
Uh, you've got nothing to fear. It gets so much better. Your 20s suck so hard. Well, <laughs> I've, I've had a good run. Brilliant. I've had a right. good run. Tw- if it, if it <laughs> ends now, I've had a good run. But I mean, I've I've always been kind of scared of thirty. I feel like after that, you know, things get a bit more serious. Though I don't see that happening. Yeah. I have no plans to make life serious at any point. Um, <laughs> but it's always been a daunting milestone. So I, I bought myself an early birthday present to cheer myself up. And now right. I want you to guess what it is with twenty questions. Begin. Right. Pressure's on. Um, that somebody on I forget his name, but somebody on Instagram DM me a video of him in a I think Osaka Airbnb, and right. he was doing a tour of the Airbnb, and he he went uh, Futatsu. Uh, there were two beds, and he went oh uh, Hitotsu sink Hitotsu bath, and then above the bath, really high up, <laughs> someone right. had put. And it kind of looked like the a fixture that belonged in the bathroom because it was kind of metal based. It was clearly on some kind of sucker situation, uh, but it was it was it was suck it suckered really high onto the uh, onto the wall of the bathroom above the bath. Um, but it was a flashlight, um, and and clearly whoever the maid had been in and cleaned the room hadn't noticed that someone had put a flashlight, stuck it to the wall, really, really high in the bathroom, uh, thinking it was some kind of fixture in the hotel slash Airbnb. Uh, and it was a wonderful video. It was a real surprise uh, when the guy pointed it out. Uh, and uh, is it a flashlight? <laughs> what is a flashlight? What is that? Why don't I know what that is? It's, feel- it's, a, it's a tenga. One of those fucking... You, you, put, your, you put your penis in it, uh, uh, Chris. Oh. It's uh, it's it's a male sex toy. It's that very. There are very few. You know, the, I'm all for like men's liberation uh, to a certain extent. It, it, it does have its own problems and connotations, and it's usually tied in with uh, absolute uh, misogyny. But uh, but you know, uh, men's sex toys. <laughs> they're, 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 they're slightly more problematic, aren't they? If you if you know someone who proudly announces that they've got a, a, a sex toy, uh, it's a little bit different to a woman proudly compla- yeah, uh, was, proclaiming that they've got a sex toy. This was supposed to be a light-hearted twenty <laughs> questions. Just Have you bought yourself a sex toy for your thirty? Broad, generalised questions. Slowly <laughs> broad? working oh, your way wow, towards a funny lad. Slowly working your way <laughs> towards getting an answer. And yet you've just proposed that straight up on question one. You it's, are it's, a disgrace. Absolutely sitting indoors. What has it done All to right. you? Oh. Look, you've got a few weeks in isolation, mate. So look, <laughs> good times are all. 30th birthday present. That's a 29-year-old yeah. birthday present at best. Like, it's, a big, it's a big number. It's a big time. Very good one. For all good right. presents. Uh, question have you, bought yourself another, have you bought yourself another drone? I haven't bought myself another drone. Why would I do that? Right. I've already bought one like oh, two thought... months ago. Yeah, I, did a... you fix the last one? Right, no, it's in the cupboard sitting behind me right now. I'll give that to you for your <laughs> birthday. You can have that. You okay, can fix cool. it in your apartment. Cool. Fly it over the park. Um, question three. Um, question three. Um, is it electronic? Uh, it, yeah. Well, it has electronic. Yeah, it has electricity. Hmm. Is it musical? Uh, no. Ah, uh, can you eat yeah. it? No. What? Does no. It, does it cook anything? Uh, no. That's six questions. <laughs> does it? Uh, uh, can you drive it? Uh, yes. Is it a car? 
Yes, you bastard. Yay, you, you bought yourself a car. Oh, Lovely old job. Yes. Eight questions. Eight questions. From oh, sex toy to car. In just eight <laughs> questions. Yes, I bought myself a car. I bought a uh, wow. Honda Fit. Honda Fit, 1.5 litre. I love the way uh, all YouTubers these days are like, I bought myself a Tesla. And now it's just me mm. going, I bought a Honda Fit. Ugh. It's a hybrid. It's economical and it's really fast. It goes zero to 60 in three minutes. It's a nice car, to be fair. It's a nice looking okay. car, but nothing special. But I, you know, these last five, six years, I've not had a car since I moved to Sendai mm. just because, you know, driving in a city is not that fun. But I figured it would be good to try and get a car so i can have a bit more freedom and have more excursions because mm. i tend to find when you don't have a car you limit yourself a bit to where you go and what you do uh yeah. and i the places i go these days are just places that are on near a railway line and uh that's not good <laughs> like tohoku mm. region is a place of mystery and wonder and to enjoy it you really do need a car and i do rent a car often like once every two or three months i'll rent a car and go somewhere but i just thought if i have a car I can do a lot more stuff. So, yeah, I've mm. bought myself the gift of freedom. And I'm not letting you anywhere near it because every time you're in my car, <laughs> I get a fine for lots of money yeah. uh, for going like two kilometers over the speed limit. You are bath- nothing but bad luck in my damn car. How is um, how where, where, where do you keep it? Do you, is there like, uh, do you have to pay for parking and stuff like that? Yeah, it's an absolute nightmare. So, in the UK or most normal countries, when you buy a car, you walk in and go, I want that one. And they go, yeah. And then you sign a paper, throw some money, and then you drive off into the sunset. In Japan, right. f- oh, God, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. <laughs> you have to prove that you have a car parking space at your apartment. And the police have oh. to come round, and this is true, they have to come round and measure your car parking space with measuring tape, go to the car <laughs> dealer and be like, all right, we've, we've proved that abroad Japan has a car park space and his car right. will fit. So you can do it now, you can give it to him. And I've got to wait two weeks to get my car for that very reason. And sometime in the next few days, police are going to come round. They're not going to knock on my door. They're not going to talk to me. They're just going to be out the front measuring my car parking space if it can hold a bloody hilarious. Honda Fit. It's so surreal. Wow. Like Japan's, got a very, Japan's got a very odd car parking culture where mm. all houses, you know, before you – or all apartments, before you get a car, you have to, like, prove to the dealer or to the person who you're getting the car from that you have a car parking space, which is unheard of in the UK, right? That would be yeah. surreal to get the police involved for that. But that's one of the few uh, things police here do because um, there's no crime. One of my – uh, an, uh, an ex-girlfriend's dad was a uh, mechanic, and he mm. loved old American cars. Um, and he lived on the outskirts of Leicester in a tiny uh, town. Um, and he owned a Cadillac, pink Cadillac, and uh, it wouldn't fit down any of the roads. So maybe <laughs> it's a good scheme. <laughs> Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, very interesting. It's surreal. But anyway, glad to get a car. That's my 30th birthday present to myself. The gift of oh, freedom. Oh, well, happy birthday. Will it, will it be you. your birthday so- by the time this uh, show comes out? Uh, no, of course it won't be. Will no. It? It's going to be what? It's going to be like the fourteenth or fifteenth or something. So I'll mm. have another week or so after after this. Oh, so yeah, I look forward to your birthday present though. I'll uh, be sitting by the letterbox, by the mailbox, yeah. waiting for so, yeah, somebody to come so, in. Same here, same here. Because mine's a week after yours, isn't it? So I hope yours, hope yours. Got an yours. extra week, haven't I? Got an extra week <laughs> to think of something. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. But we now turn our attention to speedy Japanese, the moment you've all been waiting for, the bit that people love. We're going to teach Pete some more Japanese words, ladies and gentlemen. And our first one, uh, do you know what birthday present is, given we've just spent the last five, ten minutes talking about my birthday present to myself? How do you say Mm. it in Japanese? I think you know this one. Uh, I know that it is, I know happy birthday is Tanjubi Ombudetu. Good, yeah. But... So Tanjubi must be birthday. Tanjobi. Tanjobi. Uh, Literally is, celebration is it, day. Is it a, right, okay. Um present present <laughs> Tanjubi present yeah. <laughs> yeah, so present is uh Gairaigo, yeah. foreign borrowed word, and it's uh presento. So Tanjobi oh. presento. Tanjobi presento. Tanjobi birthday, day of celebration, present presento. Uh Lovely. what about we talked about uh, aliens. We talked about the godforsaken character that is E.T. Uh, do you know what alien is in Japanese? And actually, before that, I, there's the word that relates to that. Do you know what space in general, space, the universe no, is No, I, I really Japanese? don't. I really don't. So it's uh, uchu, uchu. Uchu. That, which mm. means like extraterrestrial. Uh, but can you now guess, now that you know the word for space or the universe is uchu, uchu, uh, can you guess what alien is? Um, well, I guess if I am ego jindes, I would say it would be uchujin. 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 Yes, good. It's uh, literally space person. Yeah, uchujin. Space person. Cool. Space person. I want to be a space person. 
I want a long neck. (laughs) Have a few beers. You'll be in space. I uh, (laughs) just remember when you say space in Japanese, the uh, uchu is it's longer on the chu, the uh, the u sound. Uchu, Mm. uchu Uchujin. Sounds like like a sweet. Sounds like some sort of Japanese (laughs) confection. Brilliant. (laughs) All right. Now let's turn to the fax machine. What have we got this week, Mr. Donaldson? Ah, we got an email from Kyle. Smart ass, eh? Hey, Chris and Footy Boy, <laughs> if you're still on board. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you and Peter talked about whether Japanese drinking parties were much fun, and I wanted to weigh in, as well you might. I also live and work in Japan and have shared the experience of the JET program, specifically on the tiny outer island of Okinawa Prefecture. Lovely at this mm. time of year, you'd imagine. The people here love their alcohol, and there's an omakai going on somewhere at least twice a week. On weeknights, when everyone's got work, the omakai are great. They go for a couple of Nomikai. hours. No you know what Nomikai is, right? Uh, 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 drink? Or, oh, no, just uh, drinking party, no, isn't it? Yeah, nomi means par- uh, drinking, kai means party, so nomikai means right. drinking party. Yeah, Good luck, Carry job. On. Well, during the week, uh, the nomikai are great. They go for a couple of hours. No one gets obnoxiously drunk. Food and chat floor, and there's usually a nabe hot pot that everyone chips into, or just chips on account of all the country going around. Uh, it's the uh, Friday or Saturday night nomikai that you've got to watch out for. Since there's no work the next morning, these roll on until the wee hours. Eight or nine hour affairs that typically end Whoa. with at least one poor fellow simply slumped on the floor, others mumbling along in a drunken haze. You see, the island is so small that there's not really anywhere to go to have a nomikai, so these all happen at some one or other's house. No last call, no clear out already, no. But it's rude to leave early, uh, so you're <laughs> kind of sitting around a table until 4am having decreasingly interesting or even coherent conversations. Uh, so that's my thoughts on are Japanese work parties actually fun? I'm sure that's very valuable uh, commentary coming along six months after the podcast. Love the podcast, by the way. It's great to listen to uh, when going about the day. Do too tell uh, Pete that because of uh, his endless fanboyism, I tried coolidge for myself and was frankly unimpressed. Uh, Kyle, Ooh. never email uh, the Prodigy Man podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, he's not half wrong. The uh, the Keelish ice cream isn't uh, isn't quite as good as you'd expect, given Pete's fanaticism. Um, Nomikai, have you ever been to one? I think you, you kind of went to one. I mean, Nomikai has been a drinking party, and I kind of we kind yeah. of had one with me, you, Natsuki, and a few friends in Sakata in uh, in Yamagata that time. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we uh, we, we've we've drunk, we've drunk, we've drunk to excess. Had a chat, absolutely. Um, what was the question? Such a long message. Uh, it wasn't really a question. It was just like I, I, uh, Novakai's are problematic on that island, so don't do them there. Getting around insane. people's houses. I mean, uh, uh, Kyle didn't Novakai. say the name of the island. He just said an outer island in Okinawa. Um, ah, that must right. be pretty surreal. Just sitting around mm. your kind of work colleague's house, eight or nine hours till four a.m. Oh God! I mean, Nomikai are fun at first, but I don't know. Depends who you're with, really. I had to go on them with teachers. You know, you have like colleague, colleague bonding sessions where you have to sit around and drink with them. And as good as they are, as lovely as they are, often, you know, there are the teachers, and they're not my friends as such. You know, you kind of typical banter. Uh, So it always felt a bit forced, and you always felt like you had to be careful what you were saying. So I never really enjoyed them that much um yeah it's just not the same as going out with friends right but you are obliged to do it you have to go um and you can often get out of it by not drinking much alcohol and there were always teachers in our english department we had about 12 teachers they're always like three or four who just never showed up to anything they were like no busy can't be bothered um <laughs> and they were always the cool ones unfortunately they were always the, the good teachers didn't bother turning up it was a 
disaster. <laughs> um, but it sounds like quite a fun experience, Kyle. Um, it sounds like uh, something that uh, most folks don't normally get to do, sitting on an island, uh, drinking, getting drunk with colleagues. But yeah, good one. If you come and live and work in Japan, ladies and gentlemen, do be prepared to enjoy a Nomikai. It's part of the life here. Um, got one from Brent from Portland, Oregon, currently in Vancouver. He says, hi, Chris and Pete. A few episodes ago, Chris mentioned a bad experience being on NHK television. Uh, and I had just the opposite experience. Oh, you lucky devil. And for those of you who don't know, NHK TV is like uh, the BBC of Japan, except it's not because it's not as good. On my first ever trip to Japan, my first solo international trip, I accidentally ended up being featured on NHK. Uh, on a show called Chisana, Chisana, uh, Chisana Tabi, literally a short trip. I came down to breakfast at my uh, traditional Japanese inn one morning to hear the innkeeper spelling my name on the phone. I was concerned <laughs> at first that there was an issue. That's a, that is trippy, isn't it? That would be kind yeah, of that is worrying. worrying, deeply worrying. Uh, I was concerned at first that there was an issue with my immigration or payment information uh, as I couldn't think of anyone who would be contacting me, but I had put down my accommodation information on the immigration documents, so that might have been why. But after he hung up, he walked over to me and told me that the inn would be featured on a TV episode uh, on the neighbourhood, and the neighbourhood in question was Yanaka near Ueno in Tokyo, which is kind of, for those of you who don't know, Yanaka is a kind of traditional old town just north of Ueno. It's quite nice. Uh, have a lot of cats there for whatever reason. Um, mm. Anyway, he had suggested to the director that I might be a good person to feature on the show as I'd explored the local area a bit. They initially asked for one day of my time, but it quickly turned closer into three days, uh, and it was an amazing experience. My only complaint was that there were a few scenes that they shot where they told me that I looked really cool, which didn't make it into the final episode, while all the scenes of me being an awkward foreigner were deemed final cut worthy. Typical. (laughs) I had the exact same experience. Uh, Before this trip, I was really struggling with what I wanted to do with my life, but the experience led me to develop an interest in language and culture, which subsequently led me to doing a master's uh, in applied linguistics and moving to Tokyo to teach English and business communication at a top university in Tokyo for four years. Wow. Wow. Uh, I've since also lived in Europe and I'm currently working on my PhD in Canada, and I can trace it all back to that trip to Tokyo and that appearance on NHK. My question for you two is, have you had a singular experience like this that you felt has obviously altered the course of your life? Keep up the good work. Brent from Portland, currently in Vancouver. There you go, Pete. I'm out of breath. Yeah. I need some water now. I feel dehydrated. <laughs> such a long message. That's wonderful. Great story, though. I like that a lot. Great story. I mean, I like, I like the fact that it's uh, the, the person in question, Brent, has... Uh, I mean, they've taken three days out of his holiday there. You'd want payment, wouldn't you? You'd be like, what is this? Some kind of reality TV show featuring me? <laughs> I need some cash. I need some readies. At least fill being, up a Suica card for me. <laughs> being on Japanese TV is already payment unto itself, um, or as I'd like to think of it, torture. Uh, You'd never I, see it. <laughs> I've been pretty, yeah. I mean, I've pretty, been pretty vocal about my uh, not so great experiences on Japanese TV. I've been on it about three or four times, and they always try and put words in your mouth, like that line that Brent said about how they cut out all the scenes where he looked cool and just focused on him being an awkward foreigner. That's kind of what they did to me, and I felt that was a little bit disingenuous and annoying. Like, when they... I remember they came to my apartment to talk about Brexit, and I've talked about this before, right, how I I had to Mm. make a prophecy of what was going to happen the next day with Brexit, and I said, it definitely won't happen. And it did, and they came back twice, they came (laughs) back again, and were like, what do you think now? And I was like, ah, it's rubbish, isn't it? Um, (laughs) And on the first day, they, like, kind of made me 
they kind of put words in my mouth about Brexit. They sort of made me say, I definitely didn't think it was going to happen. And they were like, it's bad for your economy, isn't it? It's bad. It's bad. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but the worst one was NHK world where they just cut me off mid sentence. I'd say, I was saying yeah. a line like, I like this place because, and they just cut me off because whoever edited it wasn't a native English speaker and didn't know what they were doing. Um, but back to the question, have you had a singular experience in your life that has obviously altered everything, Pete? What have you had? Um, um, it's kind of a, <clears throat> I'd probably say that I managed to get into radio because I met a radio DJ in the now defunct um, gay indie night pop stars in uh, London. I think it was at the Scala. A really good night out. Really, really good uh, music. Great, great stuff. Mm. Uh, and I met uh, and I met Marsha Shanda, who now lives in Canada. Weirdly, uh, she's like a kind of life coach now. I think she's very good, very inspirational woman. And uh, yeah, she got. I, I was chatting to her and um, said that I wanted to go into radio. Um, mm. I'd done a little bit of work experience, but only a week, and I didn't <clears> enjoy it. Cause on a breakfast show, I didn't necessarily enjoy. Um, but yeah, I met her and she was um, she was lovely and she got me in to do work experience. And uh, the rest is history, Chris. 12 wow. years later, I'm not working in radio anymore. <laughs> but you are, uh, you were one of the best in the business at your at your peak, at your height. Oh, you? yes, definitely. At my peak, yes. You were, by all accounts, a top London radio DJ. Radio DJ. Um, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we we got a uh, email from Mikey Mike. Uh, Here, fellas, uh, as two lads who've travelled Japan extensively, I mean, obviously Chris more than me. Uh, I was wondering if you could each give two or three tourist attractions that you felt were overrated or disappointing. It would be good to get a heads up before I make the journey later this year. Well, I hope you get there, uh, Mike. Uh, stay safe, chaps. Mike from Essex. Whoa. Disappointing tourist traps. <sighs> disappointing tourist traps. I'm going to be bold and say the Sensoji Temple in Asakusa uh, because, you know, everyone goes there. Everyone goes there. Um, and as the number of tourism, like tourism has gone up over the years, it just gets flooded with people. And, so you know, amazing. you can get some great photos there. But I just, you know, for me, a Japanese temple, the most important thing is going there and feeling something, feeling moved. And you can only do that when you are, not being surrounded by thousands of people with iPhones. And actually, it's quite nice mm. that in the in the evening or early morning, Sensoji Temple, it's quite nice when there's not people around. So go at like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. and it'll be quite pleasant. But for the most part, during the day, it is overrated and it is unpleasant and I don't enjoy it now. And uh, Asakusa has been part of the big tourism boom. They've thrown up loads of hotels very quickly, pulled down a lot of traditional buildings and... I used to love walking around the back streets of Asakusa. Uh, there's nowhere quite like it in Tokyo. But these days, it just feels like if you do that, you just stumble across another like upper hotel chain. You just stumble across another mm. bloody hotel. So that'll be first right. on my list. Um, what about you? Have you got anywhere that springs to mind? Over well, I, was, I was thinking about the temple thing. I mean, if you, if you really like uh, Japanese temples, they are everywhere. You know, some more impressive mm. than others. But just, just, just go to just literally go to any other one. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty much the same, aren't they, really? Um, yeah, uh, oh, God, Bennett. Um, I always think the uh, um, the Tokyo Tower's a little bit, a little bit uh, when you actually see it in the flesh, you're like, oh, this just looks like any other tower in any other city in uh, Japan once you've been to a few cities. But, uh, yeah, no, everything's everything's always... I think the first time you see anything, it's, it's quite exciting. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't mm. go out of my way to visit a lot of the 
you know, really touristy bits because you just know they're just going to be so, so busy. So busy. I, I think I think coming from in, uh, using English language, um, Google Maps and stuff um, precludes you from experiencing a lot of stuff. Oh, not mm. some stuff anyway, because you, you're only ever going to be going to something that's been reviewed before by um, an English person because obviously you're reading in English and that, that's obviously makes it a little bit more difficult. So I'm not saying that's... I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't use it. I would just say if you are looking for a specific thing, maybe try and look for the Japanese word and, and try and find it in um, uh, katakana or, or hiragana. Type that into Google uh, and you might get some more interesting uh, results. Definitely. I mean, in terms of places I was disappointed by, I'd say it, I'd say the Golden Pavilion in Kyoto. Um, right. Which, it looks nice. It, don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful looking um, pavilion. It's golden after all, uh, but I just again the crowds ruined it. You can't feel anything. I remember my only memory of it is going, "Oh, it looks nice," and then being like pushed around by literally thousands of tourists. And yeah, I didn't have time to read the pamphlet or that the little history book about it. I just just shuffled along in a queue of people, walked past it, took a photo, and then I was led out, and that was that. It's very and impressive. That was very disappointing. So it's a very impressive building. It is impressive, but uh, yeah, my mm-hmm. advice, be careful what time of day you go to that. Otherwise, you will be disappointed like I was. And now I kind of refuse to go to it. Whenever I have friends coming, <laughs> I show them around Kyoto. I'm like, all right, you go to the Gold Pavilion. I'll sit in my hotel room and eat Pringles. And uh, let me know what, when you're done. Let do you think, um, what, what time do you reckon it's uh, it's best to go? Because obviously everyone's got jet lag, so they probably go quite early. Uh, I'd go around about three o'clock. You think it would be really busy, but people start to sort of go for an afternoon snooze. Then I always think. <laughs> yeah, I I would go to the pavilion probably late afternoon. Like I think it would have died off because I think people would go early um, mm. and queue for it. So go in the afternoon. Be careful what day because um, things tend to be busy at the weekend in general in Japan because you know Japanese mm. tourists exist as well and they all often go to uh, often go to Kyoto. So. You can avoid Japanese tourists simply by not going at the weekend, and so numbers should be lower then. So go on like a Wednesday at three or four p.m. and hopefully it'll be not as bad. Um, but there you go. There's some places to avoid. Uh, we've got one here from Hannah. It says, "Hi Chris and Pete. I'm a first aider with a well-known first aid charity in the UK. This week I've been making a three-hour commute there and back to COVID-19 training so that I can go into my local accident." an emergency department and help the doctors and nurses there. I'm one of thousands of first aiders doing so across the UK. I don't really have a question as such. I just want to say a big thank you for keeping me sane since I listened to the podcast on my train commute. Uh, you both make getting up at 5am much more bearable with your humour, insights and anecdotes. I hope I can revisit Japan once all of this is over. I first went in 2013 and I've been dying to go back since. Best wishes, Hannah. God bless you, Hannah. Uh, Take care. I mean, I have so much, just the people who are handling us at the moment on the front lines, I have so much respect for them. I really do. Um, and if you want to make a donation to like a charity, in the UK, the one is the NHS Charities uh, COVID-19 Urgent Appeal or virginmoneygiving.com. I highly recommend it if you're in the UK or in your own country, try and give a donation to the uh, frontline staff, such as Hannah, who are dealing with this situation. I have so much respect for them. But uh Thank you, Hannah. Best of luck, best of luck, and uh, you know, best wishes to you. Anything you'd like Thanks, to Hannah. add, Pete? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. No, just uh, thank you to everyone who's uh, obviously on the front line of, uh, of medicine at the moment, um, wherever you might be listening to uh, the Bron Japan podcast, wherever you are in the world. 
um, thank you Stealing from my the life. bottom of our hearts uh, for keeping everyone uh, safe and uh, helping helping out on yeah. uh, in situations that are less than optimal. He would say. Yeah, we've had um, we've had quite a few messages from you guys that are actually first aiders, nurses, doctors working on the front line uh, or in the, any health service. And yeah, my thoughts are with you. Take care and God bless you for for taking you know helping out with this horrific situation while the rest of us just sit indoors basically and wait this out. Um, yeah, um, keep the stories, comments, questions coming in to abroad in Japan podcast at gmail dot com. We'll be back same time next week as always, guys. But for now. No matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, take care, all the best, and we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. See you later. A whisper. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.